Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are, Father John, Father Nathan Goble. Greetings. Good to be with you. Special family edition today. So uh, at the time this is going to be published, my sister is going to be running a marathon that weekend. So I told her that we would track with her. For the first three miles, she said the first thing she's going to do on her marathon in Las Vegas in two weeks, yeah, when this is published, is listen to this podcast. This one? This one. Oh. So it better be good. So Katie, we're drinking Rusty Nails in your honor, a little Drambuie, a little Bullet Bourbon. Chin Chin. Chin Chin. This is in honor of you, little sis. Uh, my sister, she's a Wunderfrau. She's a Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Had a baby six months ago, running a marathon. Yep. Here we go. What's Jordan going to be listening to? Probably not this. Probably hip-hop from the 90s. All right. And then Shannon's doing it, too. Shannon's doing it also, our friend Shannon Gunning. So they are one minute now into their four-hour misery. So we're going to do a four-hour podcast and just... Ugh, they're they're going to listen to this their first three miles? I think so. Ugh. So K- Katie is, at least. I don't think the other ones are. So we're going to kind of be with her uh, as she goes through this. Good luck, sis. Nathan's getting tired. He's already breathing hard just listening to you right now. I think I'm hitting my wall. That's right. I think I'm hit. <laughs> we made it one minute, so we're not exactly runners, right? We're natural sprinters yeah. instead of long-distance guys. So, Yep. So, yeah, so that's it. So you better be very clever, very, you know, very funny because you're such a funny guy, you know, to keep my sister entertained here for the next uh, 25 minutes or so. Whatever. Um. Okay. Well... Here you we go. You want me to delay for you? No, I'm good. Whatever. How, um, about a, how about a quick congratulations to Pat Summerhays, our friend in San Francisco? The oh, For the yeah. Giants winning today. Oh, but by no, the time I, this comes I was not. I thought you were saying because he's a deacon. Well, he's a deacon. Yeah. The Giants won. Congratulations. Moving on. Um, the Giants defeated the Cardinals. We don't cheer for the people that beat us. Oh, okay. Is that how it works? No, it was fine. It was a good series. I just I was with all the Royals fans last night, uh, um, and uh, it was a tough game. 3-2. 3-2. And like, in the ninth inning, I don't know if you watched it, I but didn't. like a guy hits a shot to the wall. A guy goes to pick it up. It bounces off of his glove. It goes further into the corner, and instead of sending home the tying run... Um, they, uh, called it at third, they called it at third and then the guy pops out. It's like, it would have been one of the best, you know, like most thrilling, not conclusions cause it would only tie the game, but, but uh, still it was incredible, but they lost. Well, Kansas city, maybe next year. That's right. Well, That's right. all people of Kansas city, you can still root for another uh, team in, in uh, Missouri called the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals. That's right. And you still have amazing brisket and. Yeah, that's barbecue. true. Oh my gosh, they Oklahoma, got, they got Oklahoma that. Joe's um, is a life changing experience for all the people who are from or near Kansas City. If you haven't been to Oklahoma Joe's, or if you're going to Kansas City soon, um, go there. Oklahoma Joe's. It was in in, it used to be sold. At, I think it still is out of a gas station, um, and then they've since blown up and and now have like two or three stores in town, um, and. Uh, yeah, it was it was some of the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. Well done. So, as we talk about food and uh, food and drink and, and whatever. Drink. How so, you doing, Katie? You doing all right? She's got a third of a mile under her belt right now. So, yep, it's gonna be a long four hours, sister. Yep. I think you should switch over to like Oprah's podcast or something for you know like miles twenty through twenty five or something. Something like a little more uh, a little more inspirational. Okay. 
So here's our topic for today. And I don't have any papers. I don't have anything other than... Do you want to rustle some papers I could give you? Oh, yes. I'm very important. I'm very important. No, I'll just... I'll just do this. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, you keep drinking that. The, the topic's not going to get more researched. Okay, yeah, exactly. So, it's weird, though, because by the time this podcast gets published, this date's already done because right. it's coming in three days. Um, but we're going to celebrate All Souls Day pretty soon. And I'm sorry, poor John. He I, The reason why I was going to do a different podcast is because John gets a little tired of liturgy. Um, all the time. No, so. it's just great, you know. No, it's fine. I, I, in the company of Pharisees here, you know. Whatever. The Pharisees were people about the law, not about liturgy. Some people I know are about liturgical law. Yes, they are. Okay. A.K.A. me. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, what a big Okay, jerk. so all, all Souls is the day after All Saints. Right. So All Saints Day is when we celebrate all of the saints of the church. And everybody gets all excited because kids dress up. As, you know, Mother Cabrini and Mother Teresa and um, Our Lady and... The only kids that do that are the homeschool kids you made fun of in the last podcast. Shh. The rest of them dress up like, I don't know, Katy Perry or something. No, but like at Catholic school, they all do that. My right. niece, uh, Hannah Bear, um, she dressed up once as St. Therese and she had, she had a great habit on and she was holding roses and a crucifix and it was like, oh my gosh, like you look like St. Therese. So... Right. Um, Anyways. Mike's ears are turning red right now, your brother. Yeah. So just to let everybody know, in a podcast a few weeks ago, I was talking about my brother, and I said his ears are probably turning red, and he was listening to the podcast, and he said, I was so mad at you that you mentioned my name, and then you said my ears were red, and they were red. So now they're even redder. So. Your brother's the man. Yep. We love you, Mike. His his ears were like rubrics, red. Oh, gosh. Okay, continue with your amazing <laughs> little, topic. Little. Okay, so... So All Saints Day, we celebrate all the saints. And, you know, you have canonized saints. Like, we, if you go back, we talked about, you know, canonization and whatever else. But every person that's in heaven is a saint, right? Right. So the people that go through purgatory, and, you know, some of us are nervous. Are we going to make it? Whatever. Well, if you made it to purgatory, you are going to make it to heaven, which means that you will be a saint. A saint, as we know it... Is someone a little, little different in the sense that their life is worthy of emulation. Right. Um, I, did you end up seeing that movie, St. Vincent? I have not seen it yet. Oh, yeah. It was it was pretty good. Um, and what in that movie, they talk about modern... the new Bill Murray film. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it was really... Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's really good. Um, but it was all right. Um, anyways, so in there, they talk about everyday saints. And this guy is an alcoholic. Um, he smokes all the time. He gambles. His house is a mess. But he he subsists on sardines while his cat eats gourmet cat food. He washes his wife's laundry, who had a stroke many many years ago, and um, and he's been doing her laundry even though she doesn't even recognize him. Mm. Um, and he visits her every week. Um, so like they, what they're saying in that is there are certain things about people's lives that aren't worthy of emulation, and yet some things that are. Hidden virtues that people have. Okay, whatever. But it's important to know, like, your Aunt Mildred, who died in the faith, may never be Saint Mildred. However, if you believe um, that she is in heaven or that she has the possibility of, of being with God forever in heaven, she is a saint. So then 
why do we celebrate All Souls Day? Are these the people that aren't in heaven? In part, I would say, yes, they're not in heaven yet. So um, on, on, the th- on the 1st of November, we celebrate All Saints Day. White, solemnity, full bells and whistles, everybody's excited. The next day is All Souls Day. All Souls Day has a different feel because All Souls Day should be more akin to a funeral liturgy. Right. Which is crazy because it's on a Sunday this year. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, but you still have to celebrate it. I mean, it's it's in the it's in the you know it's the law. It's a law. <laughs> no, it's so that the people actually experience it. Right. Okay, I do think it's kind of weird because on Saturday nobody goes to mass, right. so nobody's going to see All Saints Day, so they kind of miss it this year. But then all of a sudden they're going to be slammed in the face, thinking, "Oh, it's going to be the thirty-first Sunday in ordinary time. Father's going to be wearing green. Everything's going to be great." And all of a sudden they show up and bom bom bom. Fortunately, they're not thinking that. They're thinking. You grab Bernadette, I'll get the diaper bag. Exactly. That's that's the impression of my uncle Jerry, uh, who is uh, yeah. He had triplets. They ha- him and Colleen had triplets right off the bat, and oh my gosh, I think he's been reeling ever since then. So, so they don't listen to this podcast, but gre- sure. greetings, Uncle Jerry, and Aunt Colleen. Um. Anyways, so then, so then, okay, All Souls Day. On All Souls Day, the priest has um, three options. He can wear white, he can wear purple, or he can wear black. Black, and a lot of people freak when they see the black. Right. And I'm I'm actually thinking about I wearing. I know you are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, effectively, is what Pause is all for souls? a second? What? Katie just finished her first mile. Ah! Congratulations. How do you know she's Cheers. like at that split? Maybe well, she I already... asked her what's the timing roughly. I don't mm. know how to run a marathon, but she you probably take it pretty she probably slow. ran a little faster at first. That's what Steve Sayo told us. The first mile is going to be fast. You're going to be excited. But yeah. she's probably right around one mile. So okay. go ahead. Continue. One mile. What's the topic, by the way? By mile seven, you have to have, have All a Souls Day. Oh, We're okay. talking about All Souls Day. I thought you were talking about why priests wear black. Well, we're going to get to that. I'm excited. Okay, shut up. I had to sit through the extraordinary synod last week, okay? That was an info-packed podcast. Wow. Anyways, um, okay. So All Souls Day. You have, it follows All Saints Day, and what are we praying for? We're praying for all souls, meaning everyone who has died. Right. And it's not just the people. I mean, if they're if they're a saint, we don't feel like we need to we need to say prayers for them. We say prayers to them, asking them to pray for us because they're already enjoying heaven. Right. However, on All Souls Day, we remember all the people who have died, and this is from uh, ancient times, remembering the people. Um, who have gone before us, our friends, our families, our great, 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 you know, ancestors, whatever, um, in part because we mourn them. We're sad. It, I mean, life without the people that we love is difficult. Right. Um, we're in pain. So, um, so we have this day in the church where we acknowledge that we are at a loss in the face of death, and that without Christ, it is it seems like an an absence. You know, we're we're sad, and yet with Christ, we have the hope of their eternal um, peace, of their resting in peace. So the priest can wear white as a symbol of Christ's resurrection that all the dead participate in, um, all the dead whose faith God has known and Him alone, and sometimes that's people who. 
were, you know, daily mass goers and they died. And then, you know, we're like, oh, they're in heaven or whatever. It can be Uncle Bill that we're like, he was a really good guy. He'd always change your tire. Um, he would give me, you know, 20 bucks whenever I needed it. He was a great guy. Okay. Uncle Bill. And, but then also, you know, like John Thompson, who, if you're John Thompson, I'm not speaking about you, but like <laughs> that guy was a total jerk. Um, he, he like never helped anybody. He only cared about himself. Um, who knows what happened to him? Good riddance. Right. Not just that we're praying for all the souls that are bad. But we're praying for everyone who has died, because while we're on earth, we have the responsibility and the opportunity to implore the mercy of God upon all those who have passed before us. Right. Okay? If the priest wears purple, okay, it's a sign of penance. It's a sign that this is difficult. You know, we think of penance, it's like, oh man, this is hard. Death is hard. It's it's sad. And we wish there was another way. And yet... All those who have entered into Christ have entered into his death. We've been baptized into his death. And if we experience a death like his, we pray that we will experience a resurrection like his. Question. Yes. Why is purple a penitential, the penitential color? Mm, I don't know. Do you know? I don't. I was just thinking about that. I got to guess. Well, I know that in Advent, in Advent we wear purple, but it's not penitential, which we should do a podcast on another time. But uh, it's in part showing that Christ is the king, that the king is going to be born, and the king normally wore purple. Right. Otherwise, I think it's it's tinged with um, with sadness, difficulty. I don't know. I was wondering if the kingship of if it can mean both the kingship of Christ, but the royal color of purple being applied to penance, because. Penance is a royal act in the sense that the throne of Christ is the cross. Yeah. His kingship is most perfectly expressed as he's being crucified. And so there's a royal dimension yeah. to Christian penance. And don't I gosh. That's just I, a guess. That's I don't, just a guess. I don't know if we if we did that, but um the um if if it's in the Bible, but doesn't it say that they clothed him in a purple cloak um and put the crown of thorns upon his head and yeah, so, so like it's a mockery right but it's also like we are suffering with christ right i don't know bruises are purple i don't know <laughs> i really don't know anyways but then there's this like mysterious option that a lot of people have difficulty with where the priest wears black you know and then they're like oh my god i'm at a black mass get out of here you know um but i found i found just a very helpful article on this and it was just very basic. It was saying black is what people wear to funerals. Right. Everyone wears black. Why? Because it expresses mourning. It expresses something of the sadness. Instead of coming with some like pastel pink whatever jumpsuit, the priest and the people at funerals come in in black. It's not just funerals. It's if you live in London, too. I remember getting off a plane. Uh-huh. Everybody wears black and brown, dark colors in London for some reason. Well, we were walking off the plane, Father Brian and yeah. I, and uh, we were looking through this sea of black and brown and oh, grays, yeah. and then bam, there's Mary Nepple in this like bright pink Patagonia. Yep. She's like, hi, boys. Hi. Yeah. my mother. So sobriety, somber, um, expressing mourning, grief. Um, and that is what the prayers point to. It points to the fact that we are, we are sad that this person is gone, and 
in part, it's it's not saying that there's an absence of hope. It just says, look upon us, O Lord. Right. See our suffering. Come to our aid. Ashes are black or gray or right. whatever. And what we're showing is that we are mournful, and without you, we don't have hope. Without I, you, we don't have anything. I think that's actually really good. And I even think there's an argument for pastorally we should be wearing black because we have to teach people how to grieve again. Yeah. Nobody, people don't want to deal with that. I had a funeral, man, it was so tough because it was just like, nobody's actually dealing with what actually happened here. Mm-hmm. The eulogy, it's just canonization. Um, and everybody was just running from the reality that death is real. And um, funerals are really a crazy experience. As a priest, I find them to be wild yeah. mm-hmm. for that precise reason. But we have to be okay. I mean, mourning was, I mean, what did uh, Gronsky told me? Confucius said that, like, you mourn the death of a parent for two years. Yeah. You're in a state of mourning for two years mm-hmm. when, you're, when your mom or dad dies. I mean, it's just like we've lost that. And that was classically there for everyone. Because we want to leap immediately into the resurrection. Right. And just say everything's going to be okay. And yet, when we see people at funerals, everything's not okay. Right. And you especially see it in the kids, in the grandkids, um, in the closer family members, um, that they are upset. Right. There's a sadness. And what I told them today, because I had a funeral today, the Paschal mystery is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you remove one of those elements, our lives look pretty silly. Right. And part of what we want to remove is death. And just say, life, resurrection. Well, if this person was so close to me, and I love them so much, and they showed me so many things about who, who God is and who I want to be, you know... As a, as a person, like, they, they, they teach us, like, um, how to be better people, and then they die, and then it's like, what the heck? Like, um, you're, you're, you're just going to all of a sudden save them? Like, what does this death mean? If it doesn't have any meaning, if it doesn't have any purpose, then why are we doing it? So it, when you say the prayers um, in for on behalf of, you know, the people at the funeral mass— a lot of times it's this person has died, forgive them of their sins, right. which we have the capacity to do on earth, which is to implore God, not by any merits of our own, but rather through the merits of Christ, just saying, save these people. Right. And God hears the cry of the poor. And so we don't come to him just, you know, throwing around, you know, like the resurrect fixes and just saying, you resurrected your son, you're going to do it for us. This is awesome. Yeah, he is going to save us. Right. And yet he wants us to know this is the cost. I think it's a really interesting thing to try to live in the tension as a Christian where you are uh, a man or woman of hope. Hope is in between despair and presumption. Yep. Like I still offer masses for Papa Laddie yep. and Papa Hut, right? My my two grandfathers. Mm-hmm. Um, Papa Hut got his name because we used to watch he used to watch football and he'd always say Hut, Hut, Hut. So he became Papa Hutt. His name's John, which is where I get my name. Huh. Um, and uh, so Papa Hutt and Papa Laddie, I still offer masses for them. Yep. But it's not because I'm like, oh, well, Papa Laddie smoked and uh, Papa Hutt drank. He's so in big trouble. So they're just in big trouble. It's just like, yep. no, I have I have confidence and hope that they're with the Lord. Yep. But th- like that's out of time, you know? We've got to remember that. The, the movement past death is into eternity. Yep. And um, we can't comprehend that. And that's what the theological virtue of hope does, is it allows us to transcend 
the temporal realm and to put our confidence in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That's why in in his hope we're saved as Paul says. So, yeah. I just think that's that's such an important thing like don't be afraid to pray for um for the purification and the perfection of your souls that have of beloved souls that have died. You're not saying they were really bad people and we better just pray or we better be totally afraid. No, have hope and confidence, but no, nothing's wasted. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that God, blessed are blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I mean, that's in the Beatitudes, and but it's it's it depends on are you mourning, right, or are you just saying everything's fine, everything's, Every, great. everything's great, yeah. No, I believe, I believe in Jesus. Um, I believe that I'll see them again. Okay, yeah, but you don't see them right now, right? And um, do you just immediately jump into some theological statement, which is? But I do believe in the resurrection, and I believe that I will see them one day in heaven. Yes, but do you have do you have the capacity right now to implore God on their behalf? That's right. Pause. I, pause. My sister just finished mile two. Ah! Here you go, Katie. Well done. Only twenty four point two to go. Easy, Goble. Okay. Yum yum. Okay. So. Um, you have the capacity to implore God's mercy upon the people in purgatory. And I think that's really good because it gives us something to do in this life. Because sometimes all we're concerned about is our own struggles, our own pain. Why did Timmy not get put in the soccer game? Why is my daughter so concerned about whatever? Um, why does my husband never listen to me? Why does my wife always <laughs> nag me? You know, Why do my people always complain about my preaching? Um why does that priest always preach way too long? These are all hypothetical, hypothetical, you know, totally, you know. No, okay, I, yeah. so, but when you when you put your attention and your your affection on those people, it means that you still love them. The love that you had for them didn't stop when they died, and it's not like you put it on pause and now you just have to wait. I just got to wait thirty years and then I die and then I'm going to be with them again and then we can press play again and everything's going to be fine. Right. The love that you have for the Lord and the love that you have for the neighbor is expressed in the corporal work of mercy of bury the dead. And part of burying the dead isn't just putting them in the ground. It's asking God that they would find eternal rest. Right. Yeah, I find that the um, that the 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 confidence of intercessory prayer is so powerful because it's about channeling the love, that personal love that you had for that other person into Christ. And I always talk about that at funeral masses, or at least I try to. And it's like, this person is alive to us right now. If we are in Christ, there's no other, like, that's right. There's no other connection. It's not just like, well, we remember him in our memories. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. And memories are powerful and they're important, but memories fade and memory fades out as you get older. But the reality of the person is that they actually become more themselves as they're being purified in purgatory. And in and in heaven, they're more perfectly themselves and more capable of, of relationship with us yeah. than they are in this life in Christ. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about intercessory prayers, to channel the love that you have for people in this life in a way that has to go through the mediation of Christ. Yep. So um, that's it. That's it. All Souls Day. Pray for all those um, of those of the faithful that departed, even for your enemies, perhaps, um, that God may shed his face upon them and show them mercy. 
um, for cutting you off in traffic on June 25th, 1973. Um, Believe that your prayers are efficacious, that they actually have an effect on yourself and upon them. And if you inculcate that right now, when your children see you do that, it means that when you die, they're not just going to be like, oh crap, what do we do now? Right. They'll, they'll continue to pray for you. Um, if they have, you know, like children that continue to go to mass, then they'll offer, offer masses for you, uh, which is a beautiful practice. And then don't freak out if the priest wears black, especially AKA Sunday, um, November 2nd. Two weeks at, ago. Yeah, two weeks ago right. at Cabrini. That's if right. you freaked out because I was wearing black, get over it. Get over it. Um, two two okay. uh, shout outs. Two shout outs. You got one? Yeah, I got one. Well, first we got our Father Mike. We we got our marching orders from Rome. What? The Cornelius Project. Oh, yeah, that's Check right. Check out Cornelius Lapide, S-J, L-A-P-I-D-E. Yep. Father Mike's doing this whole thing. Yep. Cornelius Project. Just Google it. Interesting stuff. Base, the short of it is this guy was a, a great scripture scholar from the 16th century. We don't have any of his stuff translated into English. And there's a crew of Latinists, not ourselves, who are... Are you? Are you a part of this? I'm not. I definitely no cannot be. Um, but they're working on translating his work so that hopefully we can have it in the English. Good stuff coming from our old buddy, Father Mike. Father t- Mike. T- it was t- funny because I mentioned it to Keith, who is our you know resident Latinist. And uh, Keith said... Yeah, actually, I think um, he did a scripture commentary on everything except Job and the Psalms. And then I looked at Mike's email, and it said he did a scripture commentary on everything except Job and the Psalms. Right. And I'm like, good night. This guy's the, uh, encyclopedic. The award for man crush of the year for Gobel goes to Father Keith Kenny. Keith Kenny. That's I mean, right. Keith Kenny is a beautiful man. That's right. Um, perhaps not physical beauty. Um, but um, as far as his intellect is concerned, um, I am in love with you. Well, I would like the second shout out is to a physical beauty and to uh, a spiritual beauty as well. Queen Latifah. <laughs> Greetings. Very good. L'Oreal, you're worth it. Does the name Alana Marie Boudreaux mean anything to you? Mm-mm. She's a friend of our friends from Steubenville. Who's an amazing Catholic artist? Heard it from a friend who. You're killing my shout out here. The, Heard it from a friend who. Is that Ario? No. Yeah, Ario Speedwagon. I, so. I saw them in concert, believe it or not. Yeah. It was really strange. It was me and a bunch of oh. old people rocking oh. it with mullets and drinking Keystone Lights. That was awesome. Sticks was pretty sweet. They opened for him. Yep. But her music is amazing. Alana Marie Boudreaux. I just want to. Okay. She listens to the podcast. Uh, and her stuff is absolutely incredible. So go on to iTunes. Yep. Google her name, listen to it. She just put out a new album this uh, this fall. It's impressive. It's okay. good stuff, right? Yep. Well, I guess I should give my little brother Dalton a shout out because oh. uh, he uh, he has a song on iTunes too. His band is called Third Shift, um, and then the song is called Tailgate Down. Nice. Um, and just to let you know, I it's just because he's my brother. Um, I don't necessarily know all the lyrics. Um, so, yeah. But they're good. Yeah, Third Shift. Exactly. It's funny because um, they were thinking up band names, and his first band was called uh, Rooftop Heralds. Um, Rooftop Heralds. And the reason why they called themselves that was because um, uh, they used to climb up on buildings, so they would trespass. They would just climb up to the roof and just, like, sit around and talk and do nice. whatever. Um, and then they came up with the band Third Shift, uh, which I think is a pretty good name. 
Uh, but my dad wanted the band name Born Naked. <laughs> so if there's any band out there called Born Naked, um, Dave Goble. Dave Goble, one of a kind. All right, last shout out is to uh, my new friend Brian Brzecki, uh and his wife Laura Brzecki. Um, nice. uh, they listen. Uh, Brian does. I don't know if Laura. Laura works at Children's Hospital. Huh. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe you know my friend Andrea. And she's like, I work from 7 p.m. until th- like 4 o'clock in the morning. I was oh, like, geez. never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Um, so uh, great couple. And uh, it's amazing. We met because uh, her mother, Joyce, passed away um, very young, um, only in her like late 50s, early 60s. Um, and just from that moment, um, just kind of encountered them and then they said let's go get a beer and uh, just a great couple and Brian is like I am officially addicted to your podcast and I swear I will give up kicking puppies for Lent nice. and I was like I don't even remember half the stuff I say on the podcast this guy sounds so. like your kind of guy well I think uh, my sister is approaching her third mile mile of, three of the marathon and we're gonna go uh, sit in recliners check Instagram and have another rusty nail in your honor Katie yep good luck we'll see you in 23.2 miles catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com laters <laughs> <laughs>